Right, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome out to Breakthrough City Church. Um, as my good friend Ben Hughes will say, it's lacquer here in South Africa. As you see, I've got it here, lacquer. So Ben Hughes, uh, lacquer. Um, right, so welcome here this morning, those who are listening online and um, are here this morning. I'm going to try and share a word here with you. Um, so I'm going to try and mix something here. So the word normally that the message I will share, sometimes is teaching or just a sermon or a teaching, but many times is always loaded with prophetic insight and that. So I'm going to try to do something this morning, try and give you part of a type of prophetic word of what God is busy doing uh, on planet earth and in the body right now and what he's wanting to do. And um, so I'm, if it sounds a little bit dear makar, that's the good French word for not exactly clear May the Holy Spirit make it clear to you. All right, so I'm going to just quickly jump into this, and I'm going to try to share this with you and see if I do get through what I need to do this morning. But um, uh, a couple of weeks ago in that, I was busy praying about one or two things, and the Lord gave me one or two scriptures in that. I'll share that with you. So I'm going to jump through a few scriptures, and then I'll try to share a bit of a message as well concerning some of this. Um, I first want to just jump in and say this. This is actually what John Wimber said many years ago when he was still living. He said the following thing. He said, consistent love for other Christians is key to a healthy spiritual life. Because loving fellowship, loving fellowship is God's prescribed environment for growth. This kind of love is based on commitment to God himself. To be committed to God is to be committed to his community the church. Amen? This is not a commitment to the theory of church, but to an actual body of other fallible, imperfect people. All right, so pretty much the bottom line, it's, it's, it's what, he's, what he's saying here is, um, um, why don't you just give that to Annalise, please? Um, what he's saying here is, uh, is we need to be part of a local house, local church, local body. The imperfect, fallible meaning we're all growing in that. Because in that we get to serve one another. Alright, so that I just want to jump into that. And why I say that? Because we're living in such a time now like never before to be part of a local house, to be connected in relationship with people in community life. And I know sometimes difficult, especially if you're out far away and you uh, in the Bundes or in the far lands or whatever, things like that. So sometimes it can be challenging in that. Therefore, it's important then to build. I mean, I, I've said it often. I mean, we have uh, friendships and relationships with people in uh, Europe, in Switzerland. And I mean, I get a call many times weekly in that or if we communicate with these people as well. So there is a community and relationship that even across the world we can build. The technology helps a lot, but the big thing is where your commitment lies and where you are able to, to be part of that community. In the times we're living in, it is so important. It is so important um, to be connected um, in covenant relationships. It's so important because we can't do it alone. And there's many people out there that are really just going through very challenging times and we need one another. So um, I'm going to just uh, share one or two scriptures. He has a, one of the scriptures in that just to share with you is in uh, 
Ephesians chapter 4, we'll turn to Ephesians 5, but Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So this morning, I'm trusting that there will be impartation of grace to the hearers. If your heart is open, you can receive the word. Else your mind will only receive the message. All right. So the word can only take root when the heart is open. Jesus said, you do not understand because your hearts are hardened. So may there be open hearts this morning that just receive the word. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I also got this specific word here. The Lord gave it to me in Amos, the book of Amos. And I know it is in the Old Testament for those who are wondering. Um, they don't go there often. But Amos chapter 3 verse 8. Um, there's also very well-known scriptures in this, um, which not necessarily the focus, but I refer to. So Amos chapter 3 verse 7. We all, all know this scripture. We should know it well. But it says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Okay, so whatever God does on earth, he first reveals to the prophets to prepare the people. So God does nothing until he reveals. Remember this thing from the start, guys. God is sovereign, but he's determined and predetermined from the beginning that he wants co-laborers. All right, there's a partnership we have with heaven. We have with him a partnership. So whatever he does, there's a co-laboring. You need to understand this because else many times as a Christian you're waiting for God to move. And he's actually waiting for us to move. So we co-labor with him. So he reveals things and this is why that's part of the prophetic. He reveals things to tell you and to prepare your things to come. So um, the focus of the verse is actually in verse 8. It was one of the scriptures the Lord showed with, shared with me a few weeks ago and that says, um, just after that, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Then verse 8, a lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? You see, there's something, there's a voice going out. It is not a noise, it's a voice going out. Even right now, I believe, even into the nations, and that God is speaking to the body of Christ and there's things that are busy going out. Uh, it's not a noise. It's like a lion roar that's busy going out right now into the body of Christ. And I really believe God is preparing the body for something significant, what he's about to do. Um, there is a new season that is broken open. Praise God. Yeah, in South Africa, we are not having to wear masks. I celebrated in the parking lot. Woohoo! I celebrated by taking my mask and dancing like this. Woohoo! And I said, oh, the cameras at the mall will see me here. And uh, I did that. Yep. They were witnesses. And I threw it in the dustbin. And uh, so, um, but there is a new season. And yes, some other countries, there's changes that have come. But I don't know if you understand, whatever happens in the natural has first happened in the spirit. Anything. God spoke his word and things manifested. So whatever happens in the natural has happened first in the spiritual realm. We've just heard, for those, we celebrate our brothers and sisters in America. This week, Roe versus Wade is overturned. After 50 years, 66 million babies aborted. And yet God determined for each one of them to grow up, to become the next Billy Graham, to become the next whatever, planet changer. Alright, so 
The enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy in that, but God comes to give life abundantly. So that has been shifted. May that happen in South Africa as well in Jesus' name. That there will be a righteous government, righteous people in government, that there will be transformation because this land belongs to God, not the devil. That's agreement. I don't care what political party, as long as there's righteous men and women that can govern well with godly intent. Amen. So there's a lot of major shifts that have happened. I don't know if you realize the implication of even what happened. They say in America, if America has a cold, the rest of the, if America has a sneeze, the rest of the world has a cold. The impact and influences that even come from the USA. There is dominancy changing in different parts of the world, but still God has his hand in America. I'm telling you that now. doesn't matter. God had his hand on that nation. The most amount of missionaries and mission thrust in the world come from America. All right, so God has a plan for that nation. So this morning, um, just further, there, there's a roaring that's going out. There's a lion roar, the line of Judah, concerning what he's busy doing right now. There's another scripture I wanted to share with you. Um, is in um, Ephesians chapter 5. Just a little bit further on Ephesians 5, verse 13 and 14. It says, But all things are exposed, are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. Part of the word God said at the beginning of the year, he said, this year will be a year of exposing. Remember? It will be things that are going to come to the light. All right? That's why it's so important as the church, not to just to be preaching on a Sunday, but wherever you are as part of the body is to be the light. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. So where we are in our workplace, we are exposing things. Just the fact of your presence there is exposing things. You've got to believe this. Because you can't put, how can you shut out light? You know, unless you are purposely trying to do that, but you are light. So something is going to be exposed. Because something happens in the spirit in that. All right, so things have been exposed um, in South Africa. There's a lot of things that have come out. Reports have just been exposed this week of state corruption, government corruption, presidential corruptions. There's things that have happened presently with our president in South Africa. Things have been exposed. There's a lot of things happening, guys. God is a righteous God. And he will not be clowned with, if you hear what I'm saying. He's a righteous God. He's the perfect father. So, in the same sense, I want to say to you, God is also busy dealing with the body of Christ because judgment first comes to the house of God. Okay, so in that judgment is the context of uh, discipline. Okay, it's not punishment, it's discipline. There's a difference in, in discipline and punishment. So we don't punish our children, we discipline them. I know some of us learned the wrong way by punishment, but that's not the Father's heart. He disciplines those he loves, Hebrews 6 says. So God is disciplining, uh, and there's something that's happening now, and so some things, are, are, obviously will not say this on air, but... Um, but uh, there is a shaking that's taking place in the number of weeks I've been just um, just been speaking with, and I'm aware of a number of things happening. But um, even in the business world, where there's such a shaking that's taking place, we know that even with COVID, one of the biggest resets that took place is an economic reset across the world. 
So that is one of the biggest things that has taken place is the economical reset. But um, God is not caught unawares with these things because there's a reset coming in the kingdom as well. And in the body, there's a reset taking place as Christians. And um, we must make sure what media influences we are getting at the moment and what we agree with. That's dangerous as Christians, what we agree with. So that's so important. Um, so... Um, what is happening right now at the moment and that with things being exposed, I want to encourage those, I want to encourage business people that are out there, kingdom-minded people, not Christian men and women, business people, but kingdom-minded business men and women because those are people that have surrendered everything to the Lord. It is God blesses you to be a blessing. It is not just to f- uh, fill your pockets. So that's a kingdom-minded thinking of a kingdom-minded business of men and women. But one of the things is we need to trust God for our pe- people, even in the marketplace. Um, as I said, there's people, you might have your own businesses, but you're also in working in uh, certain businesses or companies. You are making a difference. You must understand, if God removes you from that, what will happen to that place? Because if there's no light there, what happens? So sometimes that's why we have the Daniels and the Josephs, because in that God redeems things. So God is redeeming and he wants to redeem because that's the Father's heart. He wants to redeem things. He doesn't want to destroy them. That's why he said to his disciples when he's, that, you know, the disciples say, ah, just call, we, let's call down fire from heaven and destroy that city. You know, none of you ever experienced that. Um, and Jesus says, no, 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 you're not of that spirit. You're of another spirit. So as Christians, the Father's heart is always to restore and redeem, not to destroy. Okay? And um, so in this, why I'm saying this, because I really believe God wants to restore and redeem things in the marketplace. We're in a really a time because there's a world economic reset happening that has taken place. Um, and it has to do with control and um, making more people poorer and a transformation and a transfer of wealth. But there's a kingdom transformation taking place because the Bible says the wealth of the wicked are laid up for the righteous. That's the good news. That's the good news. So never mind what's happening out there. There's something that God is wanting to reset. And um, why I'm saying that? Because even the marketplace affects every one of us. Because in some way you're generating finances. Whether you're working for some people or unrighteous people, whatever, it doesn't matter. You are becoming the influence and God, that is the place of generating finances and how finances are coming in. Okay, so that's what's busy happening. And um, God wants to bring about a, a reset, even I believe economically. So some things I'm sharing here, I'm sharing the first time of thoughts of being downloaded as well. So um, I will still try to share some messages. <laughs> just hang on with me. So... Um, at the moment as well, what I just really just feel in that what's busy happening is that um, uh, I, I want to just say that make sure, make sure, make sure that you're connected right in a local house. It is so important. That what I just read to you from the beginning from John Wimber, amazing guy who had a major impact in the kingdom. But it's so important to be, to be accurately connected. And when I say that, that is not being connected to some leader somewhere that you know just floating there you're actively involved in the local body because your life has to become transparent so um the 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 to encourage especially especially the people in the local in the um in the business arena as well 
is, um, is that what I see is happening more and more. There's a revealing taking place if things are not being done right in your business. Things will become exposed. So there is a, I'm giving a exhortation that something, if things are not going to be done right in your business because ju- judgment first is on the house of God. And I say that judgment is not punishment, it is to redeem. So don't look at it in a wrong way when I'm t- sharing this with you. God wants to redeem things. Um, and uh, get your finances in order. Get your taxes in order. Because God's going to redeem those things. We heard testimonies this morning. I actually haven't shared. I have a testimony on that as well. So get certain things in place. Um, because God is the one that redeems and turns things around. Make sure you're th- the thing about honoring God with your tithes, honoring God with your offerings, make sure that is happening. He doesn't need it, by the way. He doesn't need it, but you do. Because where you put your value and your trust in is what you worship. All right. So make sure about that. I believe God is wanting to raise up some amazing kingdom-minded people in the business arena, in the marketplace. I believe that he's doing it. We hear in the testimonies, even if you don't have your own businesses and that, I see that thing of, um, that of promotions busy happening with kingdom-minded people in businesses. They are getting into places of influence to turn about things. Why? Because God redeems. He doesn't want companies to fall. He doesn't want businesses to fall. But when there is no leaven of the kingdom, there's no influence in that arena. So we are seeing major corporations that are busy going bankrupt right now in the world. Some of the biggest and oldest companies are going bankrupt or insolvent right now. Because of the unrighteousness taking place. We've seen it in Hollywood. We've seen it with certain film industry things. Some major corporations... In South Africa, you're going to start seeing this happening. You're going to see some of the oldest companies closing down. Because God is serious about what he wants to do. He's, weighed up, he's, he's, he's laid up the wealth of the wicked for the righteous. And the challenge is, how are we walking in our own lives? How are we dealing with the resources God has given us? Um, uh, as I said, um, I actually wanted to share testimony. Um, actually, I saw someone on Thursday, and they got a great testimony, what they, a business person gone through, a very challenging time. And um, they were just testifying and saying, you know, how God has actually just started to direct their steps and prepare them to walk out, actually to resolve what they've lost. So we are hearing these testimonies. God redeems. So some people are right now in the body experiencing big fire. There's, there's, I mean, we know from state departments, we know from businesses, people, it's, you know, things cannot be sustained anymore. Life support is supposed to be pulled out already. 
So there's a really a transformation taking place now. And I really believe the heart of the Father is really just to redeem things and turn things around. Um, I believe the Josephs God wants to raise up in this season and this time. Because jo- Joseph was the key to saving nations, by the way, not just Israel. It speaks about when he became, it says, second to Pharaoh, but he actually determined everything, even over Pharaoh, of what would happen. Everything was given into his hand. And there were other nations that were saved because of him. I believe we're moving in, into a time, even of the Josephs, where we see the Josephs. I, I also see this thing of... Um, where a lot of uh, Christian businessmen and women and that are going to go through the fire with a lot of things. And I see also thing, a lot of things are going to be, it will feel like you've lost everything. Literally some people will lose everything. And um, companies and businesses. But the heart of the Father is redemption, restoration and redemption. God wants to restore people. He wants to put more into our hands. You see, what we value is not always what he values. And I just see that God always has purpose in mind and destiny. And when you don't understand, as in the marketplace, if you don't understand purpose and destiny, you will not understand the abundance of God when it comes to resources. That's why it's so important to be part of, of houses that are kingdom-minded, um, local churches that are kingdom-minded, that have a purpose and destiny in mind. It's not just a gathering on a Sunday. It's more than that. It's transformation of cities and villages and nations. God is God is raising up. This is a time, guys, I say again, whether it's Roe versus Wade that has changed this week, whether it's things, reports coming through of government mismanagement and corruption, it's happening now. With the turn of these things, God introduces a new way. This is a new season. There's a reset taking, in the, taking place even in the body of Christ regarding this. Um, there's, there's, there's really a turnaround. And I really believe God is after our hearts. Some of us are after our purses. And some of us don't know how to balance our things out because we think what we've lost, we've lost. But if it is him that we lose, we've lost everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? So some might count it loss when we suddenly don't have things in that in our hands. Or we don't have the, the material things. But God is saying, listen, your heart is more important. Because this is taking the place of your heart. And therefore, I really believe that for those people that are in distress and that, God is turning things around for you. But he's after you in my heart. He's after our hearts. And I really believe there's a restoration redeeming coming. So those who are going through really difficult times, um, again, make sure you part and built into a local house. Because in that there's covering. The marketplace is spirit-driven. It is spirit-driven. And if you're not under authority, you don't have authority. Simple as that. That is such a simple concept, but for many it's difficult. Because many times in business, people have gained wealth and resources through their gifting. And that has given you a confidence. That has given you a confidence where you don't need to be under authority. Whether you're heads of corporations, whether you're president, whether you're whatever, you need to be in a local house because all authority, Jesus is the head. And he's given authority to the body, the body of Christ. 
The body of Christ is not something floating around. It is local places, local houses. So that is just some of the things I just want to share. So one of the other scriptures I want to throw in quickly is Isaiah 60 verse 1, which says, um, we all know this well, that we need to arise and shine. I really believe this is a season that we're going to see um, a lot of orphans and prodigals coming home. Because of what's happening now and the shaking that's taking place, I see a lot of prodigals and orphans coming home. I see people running to, to get involved in local churches with a teachable spirit. Remember, the, the, the prodigal never had a, and the orphan didn't have a teachable spirit. They knew everything. And when you are able to use your gifting to create wealth, you can become too confident in your gift instead of the one who gave you the gift. So God is doing a really real set in, reset in the body, in the hearts of people. So rise, shine. I believe that what I shared, that there's a shining taking place. A, we're going to shine bright in the institutions, the businesses, the whatever we are in the marketplace. Because pretty much all of us are involved in some arena in the marketplace. We have an influence there. So there's that shining that coming forth that's taking place. Then I want to jump to another scripture in 1 Corinthians 13. My mom's favorite chapter. This was always her favorite chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. And this goes about love. And um, it's interesting because 1 Corinthians 12 speaks about the gifts of the Spirit as well. Um, and, um, but the thing is this, what I want to just share about this is, um, let me just see if I can get there quickly. All right, um, so 1 Corinthians 13, please just go read it for time's sake. I'm not going to go through there. Um, but it's, it's, so, it's so interesting. It speaks about, remember, 1 Corinthians 12 speaks about the gifts we've got. So we can move in our gifting and the gifts of the Spirit. But I say again, if we're not moving in love, everything is a, a gonging sound, a, a noise. So what I want to say here is that when the Bible says that love is patient, love is kind, love is long-suffering, what we must understand first is that love is needed first before these attributes happen. I say again, love is kind, love is long-suffering, love is patient. Those are the attributes but the foundation is love. Without love, we can't have the attributes. Same as your gifting. Gifts of the Spirit function out of the nature of who God is. Love. Because you can become an anointed devil. You can be anointed, but you can function because you're not a function out of love, but you function out of your gift. We won't go there today. Um, so, so I want to say, whatever God is doing now, let it be out of love. Whatever you do, if you give, give out of love. Oh, let me shoot a, quickly an elephant. Um, that thing about tithing and offering, and I speak very little on this stuff. But understand this thing. When I got saved, no one told me to tithe an offering. No one. 
I later learned and was taught stuff. But if you understand the God of love, your response to him is what? Love. So you give out of what? Necessity or out of love? Love. Some of us give out of fear our tithes and offering. Remember what you turn your affection of your heart to is what you actually trust and worship. That thing I said, I think last week or whatever, where um, where I spoke about this a bit as well. You know, what you ever you, if your your affection is on something, whether you're worried about, am I going to go bankrupt? Am I going to go insolvent? Am I going to if your affection of your heart goes to that, I'm anxious and stressful, God wants to get our hearts right again because we've given our affection to the wrong thing. He knows the situation. What about your future? You're fearing, anxious. These things I referred to last week, I think it was. But I want to just jump into something. That this will be miraculous on its own just for me to try to share something here with you. But I, I want to just touch on one or two things regarding that there is a change of season taking place right now all right but there needs to be a change of our speech because there's so much negative things that have come from these last number of years of covert we have to start changing our speech and then and we're going to look at a couple of scriptures you're going to have a look quickly with me in Isaiah 56 you can turn with me to Isaiah 56 so summer the places we'll jump to like one or two of these chapters here um, and I'll see what I can just give through to you. So Isaiah 56, um, it says here, I'm going to read verse 3 to 8, Isaiah 56, 3 to 8. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, the Lord has utterly separated me from his people, nor let the eunuch say, Here I am, a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant, even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place, a name, um, better than the sons and daughters. Better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the foreigner join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants. Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant. Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. For their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. My, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, Yes, I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. All right. Um, yeah, he starts off in verse 3 and he, sp- he says twice, he speaks about this. He says um, that it says, Say this. Say this. Okay. So um, basically he's saying, listen, don't let the foreigner say I'm outside of the nation of Israel. Don't let him say it. Okay. He's emphasizing here. So, and he says, don't let the eunuch say 
of himself, I'm unfruitful. What are you saying and thinking about yourself or saying about other people, your government, your business, your boss? What are you saying? All right? So we have to basically, we've been given the responsibility to protect the speech of what we're saying and what others are busy saying right now. Because there's enough nonsense to speak about and to say. And um, yeah, we see that in this passage here, it speaks about the house of prayer for all nations. Now, this is not a place that you're going to be praying for all the nations. We do that. That's why we have these flags. Some of you see it on the camera. But it's not, uh, this, what he's referring to, is not a place uh, uh, where we're praying for all the nations. What he's saying here is that all nations, uh, the house of prayer will be the local churches that actually will start to have all nations in them. You see, it's not about different cultures, it's about the kingdom culture. That's why you'll have all cultures that have a kingdom value in them. And it will not just be one tribe or one whatever. It will be kingdom culture people that are coming in to the houses, the local churches. Right, so this is, um, when it speaks of the house of prayer for all nations, not about a prayer center praying for nations, it's about all nations being in the house, represented. Um. So everyone, every nation has a seating in the house. doesn't matter of your culture. All right. So the word prayer here does not only mean petitioning. This word prayer actually means to intervene. Not petitioning. Not just that, but that word prayer means to intervene. So we are intervening for our families. We are intervening for someone that is going through abuse or drug abuse or people that are going through difficult times. It is intervention that is actually taking place here, what they are saying and speaking. You are the agents of change. You bring about transformation. A transformed life transforms cities. If our lives aren't transformed, we don't transform. You can sit in church as much as you want. But unless that word of God becomes alive in you and me, we're not transformed. So transform people, transform places. <coughs> His house of prayer, okay? This, sorry, this house of prayer, okay? In the previous statement, it's, 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 it's actually in the previous statement says it's, it's a house of joy in prayer, okay? So this is basically a, a house that is willing to step out and to intervene. In whatever situation there is. Verse 3 says, yeah, I'll read again. It says, do not let the son of the foreigner who has, um, who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying the Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Now remember, in the Old Testament, um, Israel had access to God. The Gentile didn't have access. It was Israel that had access to God in the Old Testament. Okay, So, the people of God was actually, yeah, was the people of Israel. They had access to God. So what happens here is that through this prophetic insight, that desire is what, what, what God is actually saying. The Lord is actually saying, yes, is, listen here, the Lord is now changing the season that is busy breaking open now. That's what Isaiah was prophesying here. He says this season is going to change. It's not just the people of Israel. It will be even the foreigner and the eunuch that I'm going to change because the past was only the people of Israel, but I'm going to change that because this is a new season. 
And that's what I'm saying as well. We are stepping into a new season as the body of Christ now on planet Earth because there's resetting taking place in the body of Christ. How we did things yesterday is not how we're going to do it tomorrow. And how that changes is the way in what we believe. Because if we believe the bad what is we've gone through, we have no hope for the future. All right, so what do we need to do? Um, <laughs> a lot of us are celebrating with a lot of changes that took place even in South Africa now, in other parts of the world. Not having to wear masks, not a, you know, Roe versus Wade, a lot of changes taking place. But a lot of us still have the language of the COVID season, which is really negative, not positive. So what is actually having to take place is that we have to change our language. All right, so it says here, don't let the foreigner, so maybe that's the media, what you've been hearing the media, whatever, etc. Don't let them say what was right for that past season. You know, what they're busy saying, that what was right then is right now. It's not right now, because God is saying something else. You know, there's doom and gloom and whatever is being said in the media. Remember, we the people that bring transformation on earth is the church. It's not the government. We influence the governments of the world. Because the government, Jesus is the head of the body, and the government rests where? On his shoulders. The government of God rests on his shoulders. His shoulders is what? Part of the body. Who's part of the body? We, the body of Christ. So where's the government of God? In the church. So the influence comes from the church. So yeah, it says, the foreigner was not born in the right family line. Pretty much that was what was happening. And, um, you know, <clears throat> most of us, in, I think, sitting here, you know, sitting with, uh, 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 we, we're not first generation believers. I think we're probably more than first generation believers. But to understand, if, you, if you're a first generation believer or second generation believer, whatever, there's a momentum that's going to pick up. That's why I even said, even concerning South Africa, from the tip of Africa, well, fire will go out into the nations of the earth and bring revival because there's more than one generation that has a momentum already of Christian truth. A lot of countries don't have even that. Some people are just getting first generation believers right now. Okay? So, um, in verse 3 to 5, it speaks about you and it says, Nor let the eunuch say, Here I am, a dry tree, for thus says the Lord. So God says, listen, this season, this what has been said is going to change. He says, no, no, no. You see, the, the, the basically, um, either the eunuch was born that way. Physically, uh, that's what happened. They were born that way, or they were made that way by the ruling king. And they looked after normally the harems or things like that of the king, etc., and that, that the eunuchs would look after. So it was either something that had happened at birth, or something that was done to them. That's what was the cause of being a eunuch. Unfruitful. Something happened to them, or they were born like that. You see, the one who feels disqualified because of what was done to them, don't let them say, you know, because I grew up like this, I didn't have money, or I'd that's what he's saying. He says, don't let them say, I was a eunuch. Don't let them say, this was done to me, therefore I can't achieve stuff in life. Don't, this, this, this happened to me, these people stole my money, therefore 
because some people become unfruitful because of what people did to them. And in the church, there's a lot of people, things that have happened to people, yeah, and listening. And you say, yeah, but they did this. Change your language. Start blessing them. Don't curse them. Release them. Bless them. Don't pray against them. Pray for them. So Isaiah is saying, you've got to change your language here. You've got to change what you're busy saying. Yeah, my parents did this to me. They mistreated me. And now I'm like, no, no, no. Change your language. You're not a product of your past. You need to change it so that you have a new future. You need to bring the future in by what you say, what you speak. You see, because God is able to do something in this moment that make them more fruitful than the sons and the daughters that have a correct inheritance. That's what he's saying here. He says, you, you, you say you're not born in the right line. You're not. He says, no, no, change your language. He says, even though this has been done to you, you can have a great future. I have a hopeful future for you. I'm going to change your nation. I'm going to change your city. I'm going to change your workplace. Change your language. In a previous chapter, we've, we've done this before in Isaiah. He speaks about shout for joy, you, oh, oh you barren woman. You have borne no child because the sons of the desolate woman will become more numerous than the sons of the married woman. God is, he's flipping the coin. He's turning the things around. He says, no, 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 you say this. He says, no, no, start to say it differently. Now, I'm saying this is how it's going to be. So God is resetting in this season on planet earth something different that the church needs to speak differently right now. All right? So it's basically moving from the natural to the supernatural. And if, if, if you've never been taught in the local church to walk supernaturally, everything's going to seem impossible. Supernatural is natural for God. That's what we've been called to walk in, the supernatural. You see, don't let them talk that they will, um, don't let them speak the wrong things because when you start speaking the wrong things, you get locked into the old season, the past season. In verse 6 and 7, Isaiah 56, verse 6 and 7, it says, also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to, the, to love the name of the Lord to his servants. Everyone who keeps from defining, defiling the, the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant. Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifice will be accepted in my, on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Okay, so it speaks about... Um, God wants to make them joyful in the house, okay? It is because joy is available. You know, my circumstances might be like that, but remember, in the presence of the Lord, there's a fullness of joy. It's not determined how well it's going with you. The focus has changed. It's not what I'm in. It's who He is. Verse 8 speaks about, it speaks about the outcast. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel says... All right, the outcast. Do you know what outcast means? Outcast means banished, banished one. So, um, if a citizen of Israel was banished 
from Israel, they were actually banished because of sin. They would be banished. So, yeah, in, 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 in the eunuch, the eunuch, um, remember what I said, um, the eunuch, something was done to them. Um, but the banished ones were punished for what they did. These two types of people, there's things that we've done wrong. And there's things that things have been done to us wrong. So you had both situations like this. And the body is sitting with certain things. This business guy did this to me. Or I did this to them. Or it might be relationally, this, whatever. I did this wrong or they did. Guys, let's stop blaming people. Okay? So, you see the other scriptures which speaks about prisoners. Prisoners are prisoners because of what someone did. Isn't that so? But the Bible speaks of captives. A captive is not a prisoner. A captive are those that are in prison for what others did to them. So there's many Christians that are captive because we believe something's happened to us, something's done wrong to us. Like, I'm a captive. Remember, forgiveness. If I haven't forgiven someone, I'm a captive. God says, to the measure that you've forgiven, I forgive. And we think, you know, we think, oh, I'm going to keep this against this person, whatever. I'm telling you, for those who are listening with business that have done you in, forgive those people. We've had to do that. And we pray for people now. We don't curse them, we bless them. This morning, even in communion, we prayed, my wife and I, for certain people in business that have done us in. Not against them, for them. We prayed for family members that have hurt you, that have abused you, that have done you in. Because normally the closest ones you've trusted, isn't that so? Release them. Don't be a captive, but don't be a prisoner either. God is saying he's gathering the foreigner as well as the banished ones who were put outside because of their own sins. All right? So um, God is saying, listen, come back, come in with no agendas. Come back, come in with no agendas. The Bible says, first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. You don't do business for what you can get. You do business because of him. Seek first the kingdom of God. So I, said that, I spoke about this the other day. Some of us are seeking the benefits of the kingdom, but not the king. The benefits will come. Don't worry. Seek him. You see, some people want what's added first. Then I will seek the kingdom. doesn't work like that. Isaiah um, uh, 56 uh, says, it talks about here yeah, about what, what you don't want others to say. What you, talks about what you don't want others to say, right? Verse 1 and 2 um, says there in Isaiah 56, it speaks about this... Um, Sorry, let me just get this. Uh, uh, I'm using one hand, yeah. Sorry, in Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35, verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 35, 1 and 2. It says, The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice. Even with joy and singing, the glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon. And... Uh, sorry, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of God. Okay, 
So what he's busy saying is that the next season, the season that we're stepping into, and this was part of the word, I think, at the beginning of the year that the Lord gave us, um, is that we're going to start to see the glory and the presence of Jesus manifested in a way that we haven't seen before. And that's what we're pursuing. Even as a house, we've been pursuing for years the manifested presence of Jesus, the glory of the Lord. The glory of God is the manifested presence of Jesus. Okay? Um, and then verse uh, 3 and 4, it says here, in Isaiah 35, verse 3 and 4, it says, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. All right? Um, this is about what we supposed to say. Say this. Speak this. All right? You say to a person what God is saying. And you make them or you mark them. Basically, when you are speaking what God is saying, you mark them with a bullseye on their, on their backs. You know, of God wants because God's attracted into the situation. So we've been doing that with even business people, even in the house and stuff and that. We've been encouraging them. There's sometimes personal messages we send. We encourage them. We tell them this is, you know, this. So we mark them with what God's saying, not what they're necessarily going through. Until they start believing believe the good report. The God report. Okay? Yeah, he's saying, say this. Speak this. Okay? Um, remember, there's life and death in your and my tongue. That's what the Bible says. I mean, how much death did we speak? Do you know that even the universe... It's still growing. The universe is the, the galaxies. They're busy growing. That's what the scientists say. Because God spoke already. <laughs> His word doesn't return void. It's still creating. So if I have God's word in my mouth and my tongue and I speak it, what happens? It brings forth. But if I have that other one's word in my mouth, the enemy, and I speak it, that's what comes forth. Many of us are eating the fruit of our lips. So, God has given us an opportunity to grab hold of what we are saying, of our speech. We don't allow people to say you can't. Say to those who are, are, are yeah, he's saying in the scripture, yeah, strengthen the weak hands. Make the, the, firm, the firm the feeble knees. He's saying, speak to the situations of people. Speak to this financial situation. Speak to their, because they're weak. They, they, I mean, a, a feeble knee or, or arm doesn't work properly. You might hear clickety-click. <laughs> Barber trick. For those who ever watched that. <laughs> but he's saying strengthen. Speak life to the situation. I don't think, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? I mean, we're hearing testimonies, guys. Those who don't hear online, we're hearing testimonies in the house of God doing stuff. We heard this morning. Just, ah, well, the government's giving us back taxes. Or, uh, you know, this one's paying in money. Man, God is a good father. So, um, some things have to be spoken for them to take place. Obedience is part of what God wants us to do on earth. All right. So, the
the will of God in the New Testament is represented basically by two words. So the will of God and doing the will of God in the New Testament is represented in two, two ways. The one being the will of God is absolute where your opinion is not considered. Okay, there's certain things in that, that's, that's two meanings of this word, about the will of God. The one is where God's, what he says and how he does is absolute. Then there's the second part of that, is that, and that is the desire or the dream of God. So, what is the desire and the dream of God? The Bible says God does not desire for anyone to perish, but do people perish? Yes. So that's why I say God is not in control. He's in charge. Because we have a choice in that, what I just said now. So there's a sovereignty where it doesn't matter what you say, whatever, that's it. But there's also the will of God in this context that his dream is no one perishes, but they do. Because they do not choose him. That's the choice. So therefore he's in charge. Does he desire anyone to go to hell? No. But it's a choice. Okay. So this is concerning the will of God. So God desires... Us to have active participation. All right? And, um, you know, for example, praying for the sick. I told you, pray for the sick, heal the sick, raise the dead. He wants us to be actively involved. It's not, I'm waiting on the Lord to be healed. Actively be involved. Pray for yourself. Pray for those around you. Because He commands us to pray for the sick. He doesn't ask us. And you pray until you see the results. And if you're not seeing the results, you go back to God. And you keep on praying for the sick until you see the results. A lot of us have testimonies on that. Okay. Um, so, you and I need to understand in our words we have strength. We have power in our words. Because the same creative force that is in your words is, is, is many times the inspiration that he's given you is what you're busy speaking. It brings forth things, all right? It's the same as what you speak of your children. Hey, man, you're a success. Even though those marks aren't there, you're a success. Hey, man, you're brilliant. You're going to achieve this. You're going to speak life. Speak life, all right? Even if the scientists say, by the way, do you know the scientists, even when you speak to plants, they grow more. Have you seen it? Have you heard this? Oh, you must see my garden. <laughs> I love God and so I have to speak a lot there. Okay, so it must be spoken to happen. It must be spoken to happen. Just remember that. So when you discover the heart of God for another person, you can't keep quiet. Start speaking it into being, man. Hey, man, oh, see this? Wow, man. Woo! I'm telling you, sometimes you have to believe more in other people than they believe in themselves. You never feel like that. I feel sometimes like that. Just because I'm a pastor, you think I don't have bad days. Come on. But my father believes more in me. Start hearing what he's saying. You see, when you discover the heart of God for another person, something starts to happen when you speak to that person. So faith, guess what? We spoke about it this morning. Annalise gave the example. Faith sees differently how we see people. Faith sees what God sees, even though we see contrary presently. People need someone to believe in them. You say what you need to say, and God will do what he needs to do. Let's start using our voice. Let's start roaring like the lion, like 
book of Amos says. Let's be the voice of God speaking into generations and into nations. Because we are the agents of change. We are co-laborers with him. We are his sons and daughters. We rule and reign with him. Amen. So I just want to pray uh, for everyone. So you can just stand. We're going to just pray. I don't know if we're still on the live feed. If it died, uh, died. Did die a while ago? That's a pity. All right, so Father, I want to just pray for everyone right here now. I want to pray, Lord, for the breakthroughs that are needed. I want to pray for every situation that seems like a mountain. And Father, I want to just pray that, um, that the result will not be the reason, but that you will be the reason why we pursue the result. Let your kingdom come in us and through us, Father, that you would be glorified in us. And Lord, whatever we put our hands to, that it will prosper. Give us that grace. And I pray for this word just for impartation even this morning. And for those who were online until the cutoff. And we pray, Lord, that your word will proceed and achieve what has been sent forth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good, good, good.